Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. The excitement mounts. But well, it's not from a low level, I realise, but it just gets higher and higher. Did you get excited at three o'clock on Sunday? I didn't, um, for one particular reason, that I'd been trying to do a car boot sale in the morning. I was absolutely exhausted from having prepared for it, then gone quite a long way to get there, then discovered it was pouring with rain, come back home again. I'd just got into bed to have a nap, and my blasted phone went off. So ah. excitement, not the term I'd use. <laughs> well... Uh, it was a partial success. I heard it. Lots of people heard it. A lot of people didn't hear it, and they're trying to investigate why. Uh, there is, however, a YouTube video on how to hack it with mm. um, about about a £1,000 worth of equipment you need. And then you'll be able to send an alert to anyone with a one-kilometre range of you. Oh, good grief. But, in fact, no one's done it. No one's done it. And this is, there's been a similar system in the United States since 2018. Mm. And, of course, they've been very worried about people setting off this outside the stadium, for example, which would yes. cause mass panic. Well, but, we uh, should also be worried about, because you keep reading stories about these sort of things going off wrongly. Well, indeed. I mean, you, you, you may complain about being woken up at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is, mm. frankly, your own fault. But in Florida last Thursday, an alert went off at 4.45 in the morning, oh, which was gosh. supposed to be just a TV alert. And it was inadvertently sent to everyone's phones as well. And they had to apologise for that, as you could what imagine. What were they alerting them to? Do you remember? Just a test. Oh, I see. Oh, but it woke everyone would... up. Oh, that would be, yes, that would make everybody very happy. It would make indeed very happy. So on okay. now to the demise, the sad demise. But you didn't say. Hang people. on, go back to it. You say partial success, but most of the people who were on three network didn't get it at all, did they? Yes, that's why it's only a partial success. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yes. That's fine. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Fine. Fine. On to the sad demise of BuzzFeed News. Uh, now, BuzzFeed, we reported back in February that they were struggling and that they were going to start using AI to write their quizzes. But they've now closed BuzzFeed News down entirely, except they are say they're keeping the website open as an archive for anyone to go and visit. And it's a very interesting story because Buzz, BuzzFeed News was started in 2011. Mm. And at the time, it was known for pictures of cute animals and interminable listicles. Mm. Listicles, of course, being clickbait lists of, you know, the, the top 10 reasons why you shouldn't be reading this article and doing something more yes. important instead. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but they also had a serious side when they launched uh, BuzzFeed News of proper investigation. Including I had a friend, like, who, um, a friend who worked for them and actually broke quite an important story. Yeah. They had a lot of important stories. Uh, the human cost of next day delivery, for example. You know, tales of Amazon mm. drivers having to wee into mm. plastic bottles in their vans because they weren't such a tight schedule. BuzzFeed News also won the Pulitzer Prize in 2021 for a piece on how China has been mass detaining Muslims. So they have really covered some serious stories, and it's a great shame that they have finally gone. If you want to check out their, their top articles, go and have a look on BuzzFeed News, which is still there. And there are some that are really very worth mm. reading. Bad mm. news also for Twitter. So what a collaborative... Yes, we so, so rarely talk Friday, about it. <laughs> well, yes. exactly. Last Friday, they announced they were going to start using their $8 a month payment for blue ticks. Blue ticks meaning mm. that you are verified that you are who you claim to be. 
a lot of people lost their blue tick, including Beyonce, Cristiano Ronaldo, and the Pope, who lost his blue tick. Uh, someone set up a flake, fake Hillary Clinton uh, account, which they paid for a blue tick for, announcing she was running for president. And um, they paid their $8, I suppose, uh, to get that. Hmm. It is supposed to be, uh, this is your, you're actually verified, but of course they weren't actually verified. <laughs> yes. So less than 500 people have actually signed up for a blue tick, and nearly that many have cancelled their Twitter subscriptions. So the blue tick launched to a great heraldry has uh, making them about $300 a month, which frankly is not going to be enough <laughs> to keep Twitter going. <laughs> Elon Musk claims he personally paid for blue ticks of people that he liked, including, for example, uh, Stephen King and William Shatner. He mm -hmm. also gave a free blue tick to the chef Anthony Bourdain and the Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, both of whom died five years ago. Right. Yes. Gold ticks are for mm. organisations that want to be verified. Oh, and it cost right. them $1,000 a month. Uh, Britain First, the uh, extreme right-wing organization, mm. has got its gold tick. Also, somehow, uh, an account calling itself Disney Junior UK also got a gold tick, which was suspended after it announced that South Park was going to Disney Junior UK. South Park, as you know, a significantly adult-oriented cartoon series. It turns out that Disney Junior UK... The actual TV station packed up in 2020. So journalists have been contacting Twitter to ask uh, what's going on. And all requests for comment to the Twitter press office uh, are replied automatically with a poo emoji. <laughs> I'm almost impressed by that. <laughs> are you? I, I think Elon Musk is very Did, impressed by that. Didn't I read something today that the people had discovered a sort of second secret um, Twitter account for Elon Musk himself in the name of X, his son? I think he does, yes. A, a son who's, what, less than three, but somehow seems to be saying exactly the same things as his father. Well, how, how very um, <laughs> nepotistic of him. Yes. Uh, let's have one of these. I hope you agree that I showed a great deal of restraint there. Normally, it's very hard for me to avoid correcting somebody who says less when it should be fewer, but I, I, I did. I restrained myself. I'm very proud of myself. So let's oh, move did on. Did I say less? Are you right? Absolutely right. No, I, my so, apologies. So. No, not at all. I, yeah. of course, I, of course, I didn't show any restraint in in not refraining from pointing it out. I'm sorry about that. I just I, I well, I'll tell you why I did it. One thing. Why is it the one thing I can't stop myself getting? The reason I did it is because mm. when I type up my notes, I like them all to fit on one sheet of A4 so I can put it on my clipboard. And I used the less than sign, mathematical sign. And so when I read that, I automatically said less than. Ah, that's, oh, that's intriguing. That's Intrig why I said oh, less than. But but what's most right. intriguing is, uh, how long have we been doing this? This is the 400 and what so? 415th. 15th. I still yes. haven't thought of the wonderful idea of using a clipboard. I oh. would find that a great deal handier. Yes, I've got them. I've just never used them. I forgot. It's not high tech enough, even for me. But I will it's go and find not. one and use it for next week. So let us let us progress. Let's go into space oh, with lovely. the challenge. The challenge being a new film that has last week premiered in Russian cinemas. 
And it's about a surgeon who goes to the International Space Station in order to save an injured cosmonaut. What's interesting about it is they actually shot the film on the International Space Station. Wow. They flew the actor and the director up there, the director also then having to be the cameraman, the sound man, and the props man, the T as well. And the, uh, the cosmonauts who were already on the space station played the part of cosmonauts on the space station in a kind of, I was going to say a walk-on cameos, but in fact they were probably float-on cameos, really, weren't they? And Putin has announced to his great delight that they've beaten Hollywood to it. Because you may, may remember back in 2020, we announced that Tom Cruise was in talks with Elon Musk's SpaceX about shooting something in space. Well, the Russians have been there and done that. True. Presumably, although we, I haven't heard anything about it, despite the fact that the antagonism between the West and, and Russia over the invasion of Ukraine... Um, Presumably, they're still cooperating when it comes to the International Space Station. I because the Americans have be, no yes. way of getting there, do they? No, <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. still up in space, mm -hmm. the Ingenuity Mars helicopter, uh, which has been was launched by NASA, has just completed its fiftieth flight since it was put on Mars in 2021, which is mm -hmm. pretty good. They expected to get five flights out of it to see if it could be done, but it just keeps on going. It's also recorded a new height record of 18 metres, which is not that high for a helicopter, but it's pretty high for a helicopter on Mars. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite it's impressive, don't you? Impressive. And mm. pretty, what's it for? Mainly sending pictures back? or It's sending pictures back yeah. and for showing that it can be done. You know, these scientists, they like doing things simply because they can be done. Yes. Yes, as, as they say after the destruction of mankind. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or, or, or not saying it, depending on how deep a bunker they've gone into. Precisely. Yes, okay. Well, uh, in that case, it's probably time for us to take a quick break. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. You're listening to Gadget and Gizmos on Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kaplan. He's the one with all the news about the latest gadgets. Well, I'm going to start with talking about a rather old gadget. Oh, excellent. When I, when I was in my 20s, I thought it'd be a nice idea to get into flying remote control planes, radio mm. control planes. Mm. So I went down to the local radio control plane shop and I said, I'm thinking of getting into flying radio control planes. Which one should I buy? And he said, the absolute cheapest one. I said, oh, that's very surprising. Why is that? He said, because the first time you take it out, you'll crash it and completely ruin it. Right. I thought that was sound advice. <laughs> because, of course, when you do crash a radio-controlled plane, they break up into lots of small parts. And it's the same with drones. If you're steering a drone, when it's going away from you, it's fine. Mm. When it's coming towards you, you have to do everything backwards. Yes. And I, I, know, I know that. That's why I, I've probably given up flying the drone you gave me for one birthday, because I just can't do it the other way around. Well, what you need is a SOBAR. Oh, okay. What's that? A Sobar being a soft-bodied aerial robot. It's an inflatable drone. It's been developed by uh, Arizona University, and it has a nylon fabric frame that sticks out past the propeller so that if it bumps into things, then it, it, it just bounces off them. It's also got a, an inflatable bottom, but then don't we right. all these days? <laughs> so it's got an inflatable yes. bottom <laughs> that could do fast landings without any damage. 
and it can perch on trees and it can perch on trees using and this is a technical term for it the bottom mounted perching grasper uh, right okay i used to fly cat when you were flying um remote controlled planes i was flying kites they used to perch on trees as well but you often did. didn't want them to because they wouldn't come down again no they're yes. very hard to get out of trees aren't they they are you can pull mm. and you get that nasty ripping sound yes this sounds like a really quite a, a good idea it sounds like a very good idea doesn't it yes i wonder yes. if it's adaptable for the the air for those um uh sort of drone-like taxis that we keep hearing about and we're, we're terrified they're going to cut people's knees off well, I suppose we're making a very big taxi. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, <laughs> that, I suppose so. Anyway, that seems an extremely good idea. And is this actually this is available and out, or is this another? No, no, no. This board? is just under development. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Um, right, so much else. Something that is available and out. Well, I say out. You can't actually buy it, but someone has made it. Mm -hmm. Is a bicycle with square wheels. How about that? Okay, I'm quite intrigued by this. A bumpy well, ride, or they thought of that? No, it's an outfit called The Q, who saw hmm. a bicycle with square wheels on a, um, I don't know, a cartoon somewhere, bumping along. And they thought, that's a good idea, let's build one. So they did actually build one. If you go onto <laughs> YouTube and look for square cycling, you can see a fairly lengthy video of how they built it. So it the bicycle does have perfectly square wheels, but the wheels don't rotate. Instead, the tyres are fixed on a track around the edge of the wheels. Rather like tank tracks. Yeah, okay, yes, yes. Yeah, caterpillar tracks. Yes. So as you pedal along, the the tyres will rotate around the square wheels and, and they propel you along. Not terribly fast, it has to be said. But it does look very impressive. You wonder Check if you're going to go with that principle. You wonder if having a wheel front and a wheel back is actually the best configuration for a bike to have. Because if you're going to propel another way, it would almost be better having a rear Caterpillar track type thing and an ordinary front wheel. You would. They wanted the bicycle that looked like it had square wheels. Because I feel I've seen one. a bike with square wheels in a cartoon. I can't think what it was. Sounds to me like wacky races. Something like that. Did the yes. Bedrock Brothers, or what do they call the Bedrock Brothers, the prehistoric ones? Did they not have square wheels on there too long ago? Well, hang on. Bedrock was the Flintstones. Oh, was it? Oh, no, not the, the, the something brothers. Got into how? Yeah, I don't know what they were mere fifty on. years or so ago, and I've completely forgotten what they were called. <laughs> what is my brain coming to? That'll probably pop up in the next pub quiz I go to. Darn, I think it's a bone up on it quickly. Funding. I'm oh, okay. funding time of the week, wouldn't you say? Uh, why not? Now, if you're filming an event like uh, a concert or even you know, showing people how to cook or you know whatever mm -hmm. you want to do and you want to stream that event mm -hmm. well first of all it can really help if you have multiple cameras so mm -hmm. if you're filming a talk anything like that if you have just two cameras you can cut between them mm -hmm. and if there's an awkward bit someone flush their lines then you can cut between them and you don't get a jump an obvious jump as you cut a bit of it out but the problem is first of all getting multiple cameras and they can be multiple phones, of course, but then syncing up everything afterwards is really quite a clumsy process mm. because it's very difficult to do automatically. So well, some, some programs, video editing programs, will do it for you. They will do it for Well, they will. Syncing is quite difficult. They enable you to cut between the different sync mm. views, but actually doing the syncing is not, is not mm. far from trivial. Uh, the Raybit SC1 
could be the answer to all that. It is a wireless multi-camera setup. And you can film, you can link them to your phone, you can live stream, you can set up up to five of these. They are they are very small. They're only 140 millimeters long, which is less than six inches by uh, 100 millimeters high, which is about four inches mm -hmm. for, for you antediluvian people who like their, their feet and inches and probably furlongs and cubits as well. Yep. And the cameras shoot in 2.5K, 2.5K, so it's not full 4K, but it's better than HD. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a built-in mic with noise reduction. They also have a cold shoe on top where you can put a uh, directional mic if you want one or a light. They have AI tracking built in. So if someone's moving around while you're filming them, that particular camera will follow them around. And a six-hour battery. And you can also plug them into USB-C. But what's particularly interesting about these cameras is how much they cost. You can get one of them for $130 which is about £105. Mm. You can get four of them for $420, which is £340. Or Seems incredibly reasonable if you're actually using this, especially for work purposes where you can you know, get the money back from an employer. Yeah. Or... No, it seems incredibly it's... reasonable. And, and do you I think these work they're... properly? Well, it looks like they work from, from their demos. They seem to work. And you control everything from the smart app the app on your smartphone so that you, know, you can live stream mm. and switch between the various cameras as you're doing it. I think it sounds absolutely ingenious. It's on Kickstarter. It's called the Raybit SC1, R-A-Y-B-I-T. I'm mm. not going to spell SC1 because you can probably work that out for yourself. Right. Oh, no, it's yes, the number yes. one, just in case you're right. wondering yes. one was spelt out as well. And I think it looks like a really good idea. Okay, well, thank you very much indeed. Um, let us move on, though. Let's have one of these. We haven't had one of those for a while. So, on now to lonely parrots. Parrots apparently are herd animals. No, probably not herd mm. animals. Flock animals. So they have right. a flock of yeah, parrots. Yeah. Given they're birds, there's probably a technical term for a group of them, because there is for lots of these An annoyance species. of. An annoyance of parrots. Um, I know of parrots. parakeets are not quite the same as parrots, but in southwest London we have there's a whole massive flocks of them that presumably have bred from escaped um, cage cage birds, Richmond Park, for instance, there are enormous some of these things going around. They oh, the green scare lots of other birds. Yes, mm. yes, yeah. they do. Well, the University of Glasgow has become very concerned that parrots might be getting lonely, mm -hmm. so they have trained them to call each other on video chat. <laughs> You're serious? And the way they do it? Yeah, they're absolutely serious. We're still they, in April. We, we, yeah, we're still in April, but it's not the first. It's not. They can either say the name of mm. the parrot they want to speak to, or they can tap the screen with their beaks. Now, I wouldn't have thought tapping a screen with your beak would actually work, because beaks are not conductive with the way that fingers are, but obviously they've, maybe they've got special screens. Mm. And this is the School of uh, Com Computer Science in Glasgow. Then, In the last two months, they have recorded 147 calls between 18 different parrots. So, hang on, so the parrots can actually choose who they're calling? Yes. 
I say who? They call their chums. Right. Good gracious. Any thoughts just people who are doing lots of video calls after <laughs> after COVID? <laughs> anyway, they, yes. they're, they're going to hmm. announce this at a conference called Human Factors in Computing Systems. So I don't quite know how they're going to work parrots into that, but obviously they've got some clever way of pretending that the parrots are people. Yes. But you can't help feeling the calls might be a little monotonous. Call your friend. Who's a naughty boy then? <laughs> I mean, what else do parrots say? What else do parrots say? Well, they say whatever you train them say, to say, I suppose. I don't know. Well, and, what, and whatever happened, talking of talking birds, whatever happened to minor birds? I haven't seen one for years. I used to go to a cafe in Southport when I was a little lad, visit my granddad, and there was a talking minor bird. I haven't even heard of a minor bird in years. Oh, I'm I think f- Margaret Thatcher put paid to the miners, didn't she? Oh, very, very quick. Oh, impressive. Right. So, um, where now? Well, let's move on. Uh, if you're a little bit peckish, how about eating a battery? I'd rather not. The Italian Institute of Technology has been developing edible batteries. Now, it's not quite as ridiculous as it sounds. Uh, and the way that it works is the anode is made of riboflavin mm. or vitamin B2, uh, as it's also known. The cathode is made of quercetin, and quercetin turns out to be a plant-based food supplement. And the whole thing has a beeswax coating with uh, the two separated by a permeable membrane made of nori seaweed. Nori seaweed is the stuff that they wrap sushi with. Mm. And this creates a biochemical reaction, well, as, as all batteries do. And they've managed to make a battery that could produce 48 microamps for up to 12 minutes. 48 microamps, it's not a lot. Mm. 48 thousandth of an amp is not going to get you very far. But the idea is that once it's developed, they could then build them into food storage sensors mm. or indeed into children's toys. Well, they don't need quite a lot of batteries. Be... I've just had to put 10 AA batteries in one children's toy for my grandson. 10? 10. It's a bubble bubble machine. What? 10, I oh. know. Seems absolutely ludicrous, I know. That is absolutely ludicrous. Could you yes. use rechargeable batteries? I haven't, because I haven't got 10 rechargeable batteries. Uh, no. And how would you recharge 10 rechargeable batteries at once? Well, you can't. That's ridiculous. I know. Well, the thing that but uses the, up my, batteries... No, no, my grandson will try to think they're edible as well if he gets hold of them. Uh, well, that's always a danger, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, well, this looks quite impressive. If they can improve it, edible batteries seems great. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, idea. A, it's, a, it's a very good idea. It, it, I don't expect to see them anytime soon. But, but so, who is likely to want to eat them? It's more that people who will eat them by accident. Oh, I think okay. that's the thing. But if they so. could have those sensors inside food that tell you when the food is going off, then you haven't got to dig around to find them before you take them out. Do you remember sixpences in Christmas puddings? I do. Which you never swallowed, actually. They were always there, but you'd never swallow well, them. Well, sixpence was worth sixpence in those days. It was. It's not well, it's probably worth more than that now, if you find a sixpence. Well, if you found one of the old silver ones, yes. It's yeah, but worth more than... I don't think people put sixpences in. Yes, I don't think people actually put sixpences anymore. What do they, they put in? I don't know. 5p? They probably, no, well, they probably no. put in Bitcoin into their virtual Christmas yes, puddings yes, that they share on, on yes, Zoom. yes. Yes, NFTs and uh, things like that. We haven't talked about those for a while. But it is time for us to call a halt to proceedings. 
Uh, but thank you very much indeed to Steve Kaplan. Quite a lot to digest there. <laughs> ah, uh, and we will be back <laughs> with more Gadget and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.